starting a business together. Do you know how many businesses fail in the first year? What happened to tell me to dream big with my life? Should I be worried? I'm fine. I'm clear for duty. I won the tea light competition, didn't I? Don't tell anyone, okay? SWAT next Wednesday, 10 9 Central on CBS. Welcome, everybody, to uh, by the time you hear this Thursday edition of the Trillbillies. I am uh, running a bit of a skeleton crew, uh, but never fear, I have uh, recruited some muscle. And joining me from Columbus, Ohio, is Mr. Brian Quimby, one half of. Street Fight Radio, one half with me of the Holy Boys. What else? Hey, Tom. That's good to <laughs> I do like 18 different things. So, I mean, <laughs> Holy Boys and Street Fight are, are good, are good, uh, two good things for this audience. And uh, joining us also, it uh, feels like long overdue. I think this is like the one of the like only handful of times we've done some chapo trillbilly stuff even though even though we owe a great debt to our origin story to you boys uh i remember yeah it's been a while i think um the first thing i ever did for you guys uh on your show rather was the halloween episode yeah which is that was the first time i've ever publicly told that story which is like one of my favorite stupid childhood stories (laughs) i thought it was a like great venue for it i love that I love that. So, so if you hadn't guessed by now, we got uh, two halves of, uh, well, I guess two fifths of Chapo Trap House, and uh, it's five halves technically. Five. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, <laughs> we're very big. Okay, that's right. So, and we got Mr. Felix Biederman, Mr. Matt Chrisman. Hey, collectively Thank you for us. now the hosts of. Uh, is it listen to my stories? <laughs> it's, it's, it's time for my story. Time for my story. This is like another, it's like another show. Like when we did Chapa, we didn't, we were like, who gives a shit about the name? And now it's like, this name's so fucking stupid. And with this one, like when we were thinking, I was like, what if we had this name? I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. And they're like, yeah, to do that. Now we have this one too. One day I'll have something that's the fifth, of like 10 names that i've thought of not just I, the first thing well i i love it because i didn't know is it a midwestern thing to refer to your tv shows as your stories i thought i don't know if it's specifically midwestern i've heard I always it thought of it as a, like a, a a way that you know old ladies would refer to uh soap operas yeah that's I, I gotta I, watch I, my yeah stories. yeah i thought it was southern i actually i, I people say it here but I always think we take so many of our cues from the South here that uh, I thought it was a Southern thing. Cause I've, I've heard old, like my grandma used to say she watched her stories, but that's what, uh, yeah. Like I would stay with my grandma. She'd be like watching like the guiding light or like the young and the restless or some shit. And she'd be like, I had to watch my, my stories or my stories around. Don't bother me. So I was curious. If that was like a, I didn't know if they had, they had made it out of the mountains or not, but it's, uh, it, it's, it's warmed me. Uh, to the show and and uh yeah no happy to have you boys this is, this is gonna be fun yeah absolutely um i to tell you the truth like stories has to be a generational thing and it's like i the reason that it like sprung to mind was i was just thinking about how stupid it is to know a lot about shows yeah 
especially as like a man in your like late 20s or early 30s just being like yeah my thing shows but it's like (laughs) no i actually i've seen like every show so well i think it's kind of it's kind of the fever's breaking a little bit but there was a while there uh in the i'd say like second bush administration first obama administration when uh being into shows was basically the entirety of culture. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, so- it's still a little, it, it is still a little bit. Like, you do, like, kind of have, like, the different uh, areas of shows. Like, you have the FX, the HBO, and each one's for, like, a different type of person. And I just watch all of them. So yeah. uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm pan in that way. <laughs> I, yeah, you're Pan and Polly. Yeah, you're like me. I think we all have a similar theory on all this, which is that like what you just said, where a show is like for a specific type of person, and we just talked about this on our last episode, sort of media as an insight, not just to the audience but to its creators, and I. That's why I'm interested in them. Like. I am endlessly fascinated by like someone who is like, oh, I have to watch Ray Donovan. <laughs> like I can't miss Ray Donovan. Like it's so it, it's and like it, it's so weird for me to think about the guy who invented Ray Donovan, like someone Ray Donovan. Yeah. But yeah, just to yeah, to be like, yeah, how about a cool guy from Boston who throws women in the trash? because it's such an amazing insight into like everyone in entertainment is like fucked up and like narcissistic and you know a million things went wrong with them to put them in entertainment uh but i think people who make it in hollywood enough to make a show and make a show that lasts for a really long time there is just a multitude of bad things happen to happen to you mentally and like so like seeing their idea because this is more true of shows than movies shows are a better insight into what these people think is cool movies are like i feel like the formula is is more down where it's like okay this is a superhero movie this is oscar bait this is blah 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 i i would delineate like if making movies is the senate Making shows is the house. Yes. (laughs) The Senate is for like, you know, the worst people in their state. Fucking clawed over everyone, stabbed everyone in the back to get there. People in the house, they couldn't have a job anywhere else. That's right. (laughs) And figuring out what they think is like constitutes a cool person is amazing. That's the best thing about it. Yeah. Those are that's the FX, that's sort of the FX model, too. Like yeah. their shows are about dudes being cool. That's mm-hmm. like their whole thing with you know su- the Kurt Sutter shows, the the uh, the Shield, um, even Justified. Always Sunny, Justified. Yeah. yeah, they're they're just like, what do dudes think is cool? And they get it right. Where like they there do. are other there are other channels like like, like the USA Network. Like who thinks the guy from Burn Notice is cool? You yeah. know what I mean? It's like he uh, like, you know drives a Maserati and listens to MGMT and wears like tassel loafers. Like, that's you know what? <laughs> there are millions of people who think yeah. the Burn Notice guy is cool. That's one of the best things about shows is that any show that's been around for even a little bit has 
thousands minimally of people for whom it's their favorite thing on earth. Yeah, like literally it's probably like, it's probably gotten them through the darkest moments in their life. Like there are people who probably like are alive today because they were going to kill themselves, but then they thought they like, they're like, oh, I have to find out who burned him and burn notice. Like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, if I don't find out who burned him, yeah. was it Sam? Was it Sam Axe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. No, yeah, that that's exactly it. Like, for however shitty you think a show is, like one that's been on for like three seasons or more, there are so many people who fucking love it and think like, you're like, yeah, the burn notice guy is the coolest person on earth and probably started dressing like him. There's like, there's like 20, like those, those USA shows are like endlessly fascinating to me. Cause I've never watched one, but like, there's like 23 seasons of psych where I'm like, yeah. it is pretty incredible that like USA has this whole section of culture. That's like, kind of tied with a uh, uh, CBS as like just no go zone. Not only that, but, but like psych. Yeah. There was a zillion episodes of psych and crazy. The funniest thing is that CBS, I think it was CBS. It was one of the networks had a show around the same time with the exact same premise that was also incredibly popular called the mentalist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the premise of both that show, both those shows is that, there's a genius detective who's able to rec- like notice everything on a crime scene instantly. But instead of trying to explain to people how he figured things out, he just says he's psychic and everyone believes him. And there were two <laughs> shows with that premise and they both had about 500 episodes each. And the thing I like to imagine is people who love one and fucking hate the other one. You know there are those people. You know, Well, like the mentalist, the mentalist guy is different because he like wears cool vests and shit. Whereas psych, they're just sort of like slackers. Yeah. They're like late millennial slackers. They're just bros hanging out wearing, yeah. uh, wearing like button down shirts. Yeah. But the mentalist is cool. The, yeah. The he's mental, like, a, he's mentalist, like, like, yeah, he's yeah, got he like a poster. vest and he's got, yeah. He's Bracelets. Swap. He's cool. Yeah. Which well, is like what everyone thinks about a guy who lies about being a magician. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: the like, most respected I, guy in any community. I, I've watched some psych. I never watched The Mentalist, uh, and honestly, I, I kind of do have to stay for The Mentalist because it was the one that came on. It one that uh, debuted afterwards, so it, it felt like a ripoff. So keep it away from me. I'll I'll, I'll hang out with my buddies uh, on Psych, just <laughs> solving crimes and eating in and out. I think yeah, Psych was one of those shows. I mean. I always think about this guy I know who's like, he became such a like, it's like he was a champ and I was Jen Goodall. Uh, <laughs> just this guy I know from like middle America, let's say, like from a decently well off family. But like, you know, you had the wealth multiplier if you live in like, <laughs> like, you know, like Missouri or something, right? He right. wasn't from Missouri, but like, you know, one of those states that's not really the Midwest, not really the South. Um, and he was always like he was my perfect case study into like a type of america that i'm not from and he would always just say the most fucking i thought they were insane things to say to somebody but he would go dude have you ever seen covert affairs and i'd be like no (laughs) we're both 20 years old like what the fuck that's like that's what you watch after your second divorce that (laughs) it would be like the girls the girl on there is so hot 
there's and it's like this was like 2000 like everyone knew how to look up porn then right like, no you just like covert affairs <laughs> dude there's so many people that like like are not age appropriate to the shows that they like really love like that yeah you know yeah. what i mean what what would what would y'all say is your uh burn notice slash covert affairs slash the mentalist slash side <laughs> just like the show that you all love that like nobody else likes brotherhood on showtime i'm like the biggest believer in that show to the point that like someone i know like i was talking about it, and someone like tagged one of the writers from the show in it and he was like i didn't even like it this much <laughs> <laughs> it's like, i don't know i just saw something in it that no one else did and it's yeah when i talk about it there are probably like women who lost attraction to me when i brought up brotherhood and talked about it <laughs> but it was brotherhood was a cool show it was it was basically the whitey bulger story but in rhode island so and like very low stakes yeah. like the politics brother is trying to become like the majority leader of the Rhode Island state house. <laughs> also, and the other are brother, Italian, are they Irish? They're Irish. Yeah. They're not it's, even in the mafia. It's Rhode Island. That's all day goes. What are you doing? You have yeah. State. <laughs> yeah. And that's they're like 90% Italians. Well, the Irish mob, that's the best thing. His brother's like, I'm going to become the head of the Irish mob. And the Irish mob in Providence is like literally three people. Yeah, it's like some travelers who do like uh, driveway resealing scams. That's it. They yeah. would they would make more money if they got like a real a real estate broker's license. If they just like, is, sold houses, I mean that is a problem with TV writers is they don't understand the amount of money that's in crime. Yeah, like they they've always had such a problem with like you know we said this on the episode we did about the at the end of Sons of Anarchy with Will, but it's like those guys were all making twenty thousand dollars a year probably they max. Making, <laughs> yeah, like all of them died. All of them died yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. I think my show, I just watched it and and I really want a million people to watch it and I assume everybody's watched it, but Gamora on uh HBO Max is this Italian uh um mob show uh, that it's like there's a movie about it that was made in 2008. It's just about like low-level mobsters. And and I just got through season 4 and I probably watched it in 2 weeks. Like I just burned through this fucking show five episodes a night, every night. And it, it was fucking incredible. And then it sent me to watching more Italian prestige TV. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, actually. It was great. Yeah. It's all nude. Everyone is nude in Italian <laughs> prestige television. Like I wish the USA network was. I mean, honestly, what the hell? Yeah. There is a ton of nudity in in Gamora, but it is it's the Sopranos, but Italian. You know, instead of eating like uh, uh, gabagool, they eat like they always order fried fish plates wherever they go. Pescado so, Frito. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, yeah, like I uh, that's something we talked about a lot in our Sopranos episode is like the comparison of the American mafia with like the Sicilian mafia or the Napoleon mafia, the Camorra specifically. And it's it is amazing because you're like, yeah. The guys in Camorra, like, that's, they're just cartels. They make, like, $50 yeah. billion dollars a year. And in The Sopranos, it's, like, 
only like two guys are making like a good living. Yeah. With the Kimuras also, at least in, in the show that I watch, is like they're always at war, like 100% yeah. of the time. Like so much of the Sopranos is them being like, we can't go to another war. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're always trying to avoid going to war, where in like this show, Gamora, there's, it basically starts with a war and it's just a war all the way through. When, just, is, Gamora, when is Gamora set? Uh, now, now, oh, okay. in in Italy, in Naples, Italy, uh, uh, it's very good. I, it just, I, I keep trying to get people to watch. The other thing that I watched recently is Warrior that I want everybody to watch because I just like want them to make more of it. That and Wayne were two things that, like, recently I watched that was like they have to make more, but they're definitely not going to make more because nobody's watching them. I think it already got canceled. That's yeah. I think Warrior got canceled. I, 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 on the same tip as that, the recent show that I really love uh, and got canceled that nobody watched was Lodge Forty Nine. Oh God! Uh, you are the world's biggest Lodge Forty Nine boost. I, really I, 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 if there's anybody who's a bigger one, I'll talk to them. I mean, there has to be because it's the kind of show that absolutely rewards obsessive attention. So I know that there are people who are way more into it than I could be because I just can't. I can't put that much of myself into any television show, but uh, I do like it a very great deal. And I really am uh, just, I just want them to get one more season. I don't even yeah. want it to go forever. Just cause it's like the second season is, is great. It ends perfectly, but it also leaves a bunch of loose ends that could easily be wrapped up with one more season. Fucking Jeff Bezos, that bald lizard scumbag. <laughs> Brought back The Expanse, some fucking sci-fi bullshit. Yes, I know people say it's really good. Whatever. I don't like that stuff. Because <laughs> he's the fucking dork and he wants to watch that shit. And he won't bring back Lodge 49 for one more goddamn year. Just one more. Give me one more season. Giamatti's in it. What the fuck is wrong with you people? For, for the uninitiated, what's Lodge 49 about? Uh, it's about a, a guy who's basically at loose ends. Uh, uh, or a, a, a guy and a girl, like twin siblings, twin adult siblings whose parents are dead and who are drowning in debt in Long Beach, California, and basically have no idea what to do with themselves. And uh, the guy uh, ends up stumbling into a uh, sort of Mason style uh, a fraternal lodge. And he goes, starts going there and he just gets into hijinks and adventures with the people who uh, who are members of the of the lodge, and it really does. The fact that the show got no, it was an AMC show, and those shows usually get you know because that 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 network is one of the. It's not like places. a Netflix show where you get two seasons, and then whether right, you're exactly. good or not, you're out. <laughs> yeah, uh, the algorithm said that's as many episodes as we need. You're done for. Like AMC <laughs> is a channel that you know, Mad Men, Breaking Bad, like they they've got a pedigree for for serious, you know, shows that have quality and depth, and legitimately just because like, well, who's 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 the mob boss? Where's the crime? Where's the anti-heroics? <laughs> Nope, never mind. We're not talking about it. And it really, the fact that it, it got nowhere and it got canned after two seasons really says that the idea of what constitutes quality in television is shockingly narrow. And it really does conform to a lot of just uh, uh, very uh, indulgent tropes that people are expecting. Like you want, you want it to be violent and you want it to have 
uh, uh, criminals and shit. Oh, and if it doesn't have that, uh, it's got to, it's like, if it's for guys, it has that, or it's got to have some like strong, uh, uh, like female focus and like a soap opera thing. And if it doesn't have any of that, it doesn't matter how good it is. Nobody knows what to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. That show is incredible, Matt. I mean, like oh. the, the constant, like uh, uh carousel of debt that the main yeah. characters in is one yeah. of the most like in a TV show was one of the most, the things I've identified most with ever watching anything it, the, the guy is just always like at zero dollars yeah. has to go get a loan at the pawn shop yeah. spends all the money and then has to go back and get another loan and I just I've lived that life and it, that show is so incredible he's got to be the only protagonist of a television show uh, that has to take a pay, payday loan out yeah I love that. <laughs> I love being, being in hock to the check cashing joints and then uh, climbing my way up to the 33rd degree in Scottish Freemasonry. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Not, I don't know if that's what happens. <laughs> it's also not, um, it's also, it, uh, like Matt said, it's so not dark. Which yeah, is, that's like, the thing. There's no darkness. Thing. It's, not, yeah. it's not angsty. It's like, it's... People, it's about struggling people who are being ground down by, you know, uh, uh, by, by the economy and, and the inability to, for people to find any kind of uh, uh, security in, in like the marketized post uh, 2008 America, but they are still at every point, like their relationships to each other sort of sustain them. And, and that, People, I guess they don't want to, I guess people don't want to see that because they don't have that in their lives. And they kind of, they, they want to see something that, it, that uh, reaffirms sort of the hopelessness and everything, I guess, because okay. otherwise it just feels like it's too taunting to imagine. Oh yeah, look at you guys with your fucking friends that, are, that you like and that you are there for each other. Get out of here with that. <laughs> for me, I think... Uh... I've, I've tried to to talk to a lot of people about this show and absolutely nobody's seen it but you know the the brian cranston miniseries your honor on showtime oh, no. so, apparently that's a big hit yeah i i thought it was pretty good it was kind of like a a semi-bad show that you can't quit watching but like brian cranston's in it michael stuhlbarg's in it who rules uh so very uh I reckon it's it's weird because like the main antagonist in it is like a Scottish gangster from New Orleans, which feels a little kind of like the uh, Rhode Island Irish mob thing. Is like not exactly my first association with New Orleans organized crime, but uh, it's good. So. Oh, they like Scottish guys and stuff. They like English gangsters. That that's an exciting thing for people because they see them as like bare knuckle fighters. And yeah, shit and a lot of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Say say no more about our boy Sutter that has a, a real fascination with the Gaelic tradition in a lot of ways. He's like, I was reading, I was reading the Wikipedia page for Bastard Executioner because it's been so long since I'd seen it. It's just so fucking funny that like this man is really like into the whole like uh dropkick murphy's uh always drink guinness and like uh boondock saints is like the only movie i ever watched type aesthetic 
he's obsessed with the British Isles in a way that's insane. Like usually people are just into one, but he loves <laughs> he loves Wales, he loves Scotland, he loves Ireland. Like he's into the he's into the whole thing. He thinks I like to him those are all interchangeable. Like a Welsh guy is like a type of Scottish guy, which is <laughs> like an Irish guy. But it's his fascination with it is very notable because that was sort of like a lot of characters on Sons of Anarchy, their only characteristic was that they were from one of those countries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chibs. Yeah. Chibs' whole character was that he was <laughs> Irish. Chibs yeah. was <laughs> that that traveled there. Yeah, and that is someone like stole his wife and daughter. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so I love Sons of Anarchy so much, but it's like you got this guy, it's like just uh you know a motorcycle uh gang heir who marries a surgeon and <laughs> they live like you said in the show they live in this like shitty little like ranch house somewhere in like you know rural california somewhere and then there's this whole arc where they go to ireland and they like have their bike stripped over and the ireland ireland is like when that show went from like you know, like stupid in the way that Banshee is. Yeah. Not as self-aware as Banshee, but like, you know, that type of show, like Warrior or something, uh, to like becoming like one of the dumbest fucking shows I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. but they were I, like, they would never, they were never not going to do that. Like ever. I always say that season two with Henry Rollins as the Nazi was like, there's That's like a, a pinnacle. There's a demarcation after that where at first it's prestige TV or like you think you're watching prestige TV and then the Ireland season happens and you're like, what? This is stupid. This is like, yeah. oh, yes, I, this I, is an FX show. I, I remember I watched that second season and I will admit at that point in my life, I was fully blue pilled on television. I, I wanted my TV to be good. I, I'll admit it. I wanted. I, I didn't want to watch a show unless it had, you know, like vitamins and minerals. Uh, I had not yet fully realized that. Oh, this whole thing is just like a status anxiety festival, and that like half the shit people are talking about in these shows is not even really there. They're just making it up to justify watching it instead of reading books. But uh, I remember watching that second season after kind of being like a little bit scans at the first like this looks a little trashy they keep having giant shootouts in the middle of the town <laughs> to anybody taylor taylor sheridan just gets murked in season yeah. one yeah. just gets run over by a car <laughs> so i watched the second season and i was like okay oh wow holy crap and like the whole season i'm like getting into it loving it and then the final episode happens and i'm like at the edge of my seat i'm i'm, I'm really into sons of anarchy and then the fucking guy steals the kid and then they're the, going to go kill Adam Arkin and then they go, oh, your baby's been kidnapped and then they go driving away and I just go, what? <laughs> and I, I just had this instant like disenchantment with the show. And then I tried to watch the, the Ireland season and it was just, I couldn't get it back. I couldn't get back in the group. And honestly, I feel bad about that because if you accept television for what it is, uh, then Sons of Anarchy is awesome. It's a delight throughout. And I feel like I kind of missed out because I was too up my own ass about what I was doing with my time. 
I actually went back and what, so what happened with me was uh, the Ireland season, I quit and then <laughs> it showed up on Netflix and I was like, Oh, I got to catch up on this show. And I, and I caught up the, the one that I really draw. I, I think I lasted a very long time with this show, but, uh, um, I had to get out was the walking dead. Like I mm. have such a tolerance for bad shit and bad TV but I got to a point in The Walking Dead when Negan showed up that I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I'm just done. I can't watch this show anymore. It's not good. But there are people that really do swear by that and fear The Walking Dead. Those are kind of like, like uh, 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 they're they've taken the place of the Sons of Anarchies and the Shields. I think is, I, is The I Walking just, Dead. I just watched uh, Talking Dead with Chris Hardwick. I didn't watch okay. any of that. <laughs> Any of the other shows, just the uh, yeah, just the post game. <laughs> That's what I was. There has to have been people that did that who just like love Chris Hardwick. Like that is <laughs> fucked up to think about. Yeah, it, like like Walking Dead, the actual episodes is like TLDR, so they just go <laughs> get their Hardwick fix. You know? Yeah, <laughs> there was a like three year period where Chris Hardwick was the biggest celebrity in America. That was really crazy. Yeah, he, he was the guy who talked about the shows. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense because, like, if our religion became shows, Chris Hardwick was, like, the high – he was, like, the Ayatollah. Yeah. <laughs> shows. Now you guys have yeah, planned that Hardwick. That, yeah, because, like, yeah, we reached – I think around Breaking Bad – when, like, when Breaking Bad uh, and Walking Dead were on at the same time, I think that was the peak – Oh, and that was like 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like first term Obama, that was the pinnacle of TV in my opinion. That was peak TV. And that was when you had so much invest, so much emotional investment in the shows that you had a need for there to be shows about the shows. Mm -hmm. And so there was both, there was a post Walking Dead show with Chris Hardwick. And then there was also for the last season, a post Breaking Bad show. That's right. He, there was. Yeah. Talking bad. He's also doing talking Saul. I didn't know this, but he's still out there and he's doing talking Saul on uh, since season two of uh, Better Call Saul, which also a good show. I, I enjoyed that one, too. Man, I love Bob Odenkirk. I, I, that's one of those shows that I don't know why I left it, but I did like after the first season. I, think I also like stopped watching it. And I after the second season, I think I don't know. How many, it's about four now. I think so, uh, yeah. I think I stopped after the third. I have not caught up on the fourth. And what happened is, is that it for me, it just, it got too much Breaking Bad in it to the point where there's no more suspense because it's like, don't you want to know how uh, how Uncle uh, how Tio got his uh, stroke? No, no. <laughs> don't you want to know about like the, 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 the rise of Gus? No, not really. <laughs> like I would like to see a show operate on its own uh, dramatic logic and with its own characters and uh, Better Call Saul just got too trapped by its association it became too MCUified and it was part of this like broader thing instead of being its own deal to this day I still think that they fucked up with the way they went with uh, Better Call Saul I remember when they were first talking because I was a huge Breaking Bad head, and I love, of course I'm always a huge Bob Odenkirk fan, Mr. Showhead from the from the jump, 
was delighted to see him on the show, loved him on the show. And so when they start talking about doing a spinoff that would be a prequel, I was like, hell yeah. And I remember reading an interview where they said that one of the ideas they had was it would have been like a case of the week show where every week Saul has a case where he has to try to avoid actually going to court. Like just to plead it out or get, get the guy off without having to go to a trial because you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. And, uh, and I thought that was a great idea. And we, you really see how, how structured and how constrained the, this genre is by when they finally came out with the show, it really is aesthetically and in its uh, beats and in its uh, tone, it is just breaking bad again. Did you, are there any, like, do you think, I mean, it's not a one-to-one, but do you think Mayans kind of suffers in that same way? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. And I, I really enjoyed Mayans, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. I like, those are two shows that I enjoyed the start of, but like haven't really gone back to. And I think in both cases, it's a thing where, yeah, you get fatigue of the universe and you get fatigue of like, Basically knowing what these characters are in their world is. Also, like, when they when they fired Kurt Sutter from Mayans, I was like, there's no way I'm watching the show now. Wait, wait, yeah. wait, whoa, 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 whoa. This is news to me. <laughs> they fired yeah. him halfway through last season. And I was like, I won't watch another episode of this show now. He was too real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that that is the thing. The reason to keep watching Mayans was it's like, what absolutely insane thing is he going to do with this <laughs> and it's like well now nothing like now yeah. no, like because the kurt sutter's choices probably the i think to the biggest most notable one was to write a character in who is just him and make him lose an eye and like get AIDS, bite his tongue like, out, spit it on the yeah. cops. <laughs> Such an amazing choice that nobody else in the world would do. And it's like I really wanted to see what he had in store. That's what's been going on with the. I'm watching the Shield for the first time in my like I've never seen it. So I'm I'm I just started it a couple weeks ago. I'm on season two, and Kurt Sutter's character is a badass Albanian, and like at the end yeah. of an ep, he's a gangster, and at the end of one of the episodes, they're like, "Oh man, he jumped out of a truck going uh, out of a paddy wagon going 40 miles an hour, and he survived, and now we don't know where he's at, and everybody like looks really scared." And I'm like, "He wrote that. That's so cool that he made <laughs> yeah. himself a bad." You know the, the foot fetish joke, the little foot fetish thing. Yeah, they have yeah. It, like you know that's all Sutter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's amazing to yeah. He plays an Armenian mafia member, and it's like. Kurt Sutter is like the most like ruddy Western European looking guy in the fucking world. And, but it's like, do you think that was his penance? He was like, oh, I made my guy too cool in the shield. I know. <laughs> well, Otto is so uh, the thing about it is Otto is very important to Sons of Anarchy. Hugely. He's like the linchpin of a lot of storylines. They always have to go visit him in prison and then he's like and he like, keeps it realer than any of them like right. he yeah like he's dying before he's snitching yeah so he's actually cool he likes the torture stuff i think because he likes edgy shit you know but i also think that he sees otto as the coolest character in sons of anarchy yeah he, he's the real yeah he's the realest g 
Yeah. He's, yeah. he's the actual G. You know, uh, I, you guys, I don't, I don't know what the opinion of uh, Kurt Sutter's acting uh, is among everybody here, but uh, he's gotten work outside of his own productions. There's this movie that just came out, Chaos Walking, which was oh, a... Which coincidentally is also his autobiography, Todd. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so this movie is, it was, it's a $100 million film that was uh, based on a young adult novel about a dystopian world where all the women have disappeared and all the remaining men can hear each other's thoughts. And, <laughs> and it has Daisy Ridley and oh, Tom... What the fuck's his name? Tom Holland and Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, that's ama- and- that, that's amazing that Kurt Sutter would agree to be, be with B-listers like that. Yes, and- they were allowed to act in a movie. With <laughs> Motherfucking him. Kurt Sutter is in it, uh, and it was it was shot like three years ago, and they like put it in the can and tried to reshoot it a million times, and now they just released it under COVID so that they could write off the entire uh, budget. What's Kurt Sutter's character? Is he just like the, he just like has a uterus and everyone has to fuck him and he like, gets STDs, <laughs> like also uh, loses an eye. <laughs> he plays, he plays the adoptive father of the main character, Todd Holland, named Cillian Boyd. Cillian Boyd, yeah, of he, course. He, he picked that. That's yeah, <laughs> they said, "What's your name going to be, Kurt?" <laughs> oh, oh, I don't know, something like Silly and Boy. <laughs> he was thinking of that for years. He was like, "I need to play a character named Silly and Boyd." Did he do anything cool in it? Like, I, I don't know. I have not seen the right, film. I, gotta, I, 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 I do kind of want to see just the Sutter clips, just to see him flexing his acting muscles. Yeah. But just the idea that he's getting, that he's going like on auditions or getting offered acting roles off of the strength of being Otto is amazing to me. And like, he didn't really like Otto, every Otto scene is seen as the same. It's actually easier for him because Otto loses more and more parts of his body, giving him <laughs> fewer that he has to act with. But he, it'll, they'll just, it'll just be like, you know, are you gonna rat on the club? Fuck you. And then like <laughs> uh, cut his ear off or something. It, do you remember the moment when you thought Otto was going to dime the club out? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was intense. That was yeah. Intense. He would never do that. But he made up for it by killing that innocent woman. <laughs> 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 he redeemed himself. I like mean, that's that whole show. That is that that whole show really is just guys killing innocent people. Like yeah. most of the time, the whole last season of Sons of Anarchy is first of all every episode's ninety five minutes long. And most of it is meetings, but it is really Jack's walking around killing just indiscriminately 50 people. Yeah. Like, un- any- like unintentionally, just like people in his orbit, though, too. Just yeah, like- on accident. Yeah. Has any <laughs> have any of you seen Southpaw? Because he wrote that movie and I never actually watched it. I was going to ask like you about that. Is that the Jake Gyllenhaal box? Yes. It is, yes. And correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Eminem supposed to have the lead in that? And then like, I believe they went so. with Hall? That sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Like, Eminem that's... was 100% cut, uh, Sutter's like first choice. Absolutely. And then the studio was like, no, we're not. It's <laughs> not happening. Kurt Sutter, <laughs> Kurt Sutter probably thinks he paved the way for Eminem. That is <laughs> probably what he thinks about himself. 
that it's like he opened the culture up enough for Eminem to thrive. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's so great. He really he's is awesome. I just I wish it's like him and uh, the the people that made Banshee and Warrior should be allowed to make unlimited shows. I Absolutely. Really that. You know what's so great about Kurt Sutter? I have no fucking clue what his politics are. Like every other like fucking dumbass showrunner, it's always it's it just like all the same like pro Biden shit, like same like Hollywood liberalism. But I know all this stuff about Kurt Sutter and seek him out so much, and I like really actually don't know like what he is because I just know all this other shit about him. Yeah, like, all like I know is an animal rights activist volunteer. and vegan, which is surprising yeah. to me. Yeah, so he's probably one of us. Maybe I I don't know. <laughs> I think he's probably got the same politics as Mickey Rourke. I don't know why, but <laughs> yeah, like when Mickey Rourke said, uh, "Donald Trump is a punk and a bitch." I feel like that's yeah. the kind of thing that Turk Sutter would say. One hundred percent. Like, like, like the, that Trump is just like Trump's a pussy. Yeah, that's like not not that he's like a fascist orange maniac or that he's a Putin puppet, but that he's a fucking pussy. Yes. Yeah. No, that that's like that seems yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. He's like one of those like, you know, real guys, real men uh listen to women as their friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well said. Uh yeah, no. I think that's exactly it. Um but- but that's he'll, the point. He'll do like, that, I don't, Felix, I don't really and know. then he'll say something like real gross about like fucking Katie Seagal in the same sentence about his like feminism. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we should all be allies, and uh, and yeah, I busted open uh, Peggy <laughs> Bundy every fucking night. Well, he he, he definitely wants the world to know, or at least think that you know him and his wife are still fucking. That's yeah, a one hundred percent for him. That's another. That's another underrated part of sons of anarchy is that at the end of every episode they have like katie seagal sing house of the rising sun yeah. <laughs> he is uh he is a og wife guy of the first yeah. hour he, he really is really into his wife <laughs> loves her so fucking he much fucking I, loves her yeah yeah it's always what was the house of uh the sons of anarchy house band called like the forest oh, I have rangers no or something like that like <laughs> <laughs> Burt Combs and the Forest Rangers, or some shit like that. I don't know, but it's, a, but it's always it's like big, big Fudge Cake Mountain, the Pipe Dwellers, or something. <laughs> but it's always like them featuring Katie Seagal, and it's like singing like uh, a Neil Young song or some shit. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. A really slow version of the House of the Rising Sun while like somebody shoots up heroin and somebody else is like driving on their motorcycle contemplating like their homosexuality or something. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like Theo Rossi's what's his name? Juice. 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 Yeah, yeah Juice contemplating his latent homosexuality on yeah. the way to betray the club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that like I that's the other thing I love about Sutter is that like most people have broad themes, right. That you can identify very, very broadly. Like I got obsessed. Uh, some would say a, a mania. Some courts have said that uh, obsessed with <laughs> Ken Olin, the creator of this is us. And I got really involved in his body of work and it's like, Oh, his things about like family and like gradually aging and like trying to replicate the good traits of your parents and like, you know, negate the bad ones and shit like that. But like, you know, Chuck Lorre, the American family sitcom, blah, blah, blah. 
Kurt Sutter's is like betrayal. That's the biggest, that's his favorite number one issue. That's his, <laughs> like, the all of his stories are really about betrayal. All yeah. of those. They're about, like, not giving, they're, they're about, like, not betraying people when it's the absolute hardest. It's kind of yeah. like, they're, they're like, like, if a hot girl walks up to you and you don't cheat on your wife, that's like a really big thing for Kurt Sutter. That's like how he would judge you as a good person. Yeah. I think, they I think should... it is. I think I was a big, I was a big fan of this is sus Felix and, and my family watches uh, this is us. And I, I have walked in on it a few times and I got to say, it's pretty incredible that you watched it. I got to tell you. That's what our, our final episode that, we're going to release is this is us and i've gone deeper into my, my ken olin research because i do like it's what started this all and it is one of the most evil things i've ever seen in my life like just completely fucking i don't care how many people the sons of anarchy kill or how many women ray donovan throws in a dumpster after they overdose <laughs> This is us is the most satanic thing I've ever seen on American TV. I mean, I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited for for having you watch this thing. Really gonna be upset. Oh yeah, yeah. That that show. When I walk in and I see it, it like it. First of all, it looks like there's never joy in that. Like. I, I guess when I walk in, everybody's crying every single time on that show. And and like they don't watch it around me because I'm like the classic dad that comes in and complains, you know, like, oh, you know, this is the lady stuff. You know? <laughs> well, yeah, every every like, yeah, because it, it is designed like in the way that like fast food is made in a lab to be addictive to you. This is us is supposed to be like emotionally addictive and taxing and like every character like a typical this is us episode is like a character's dad is like um i just said i love you to the first time for to you for the first time in you know 48 years but i also have cancer and i'm also <laughs> gonna like freak out and fucking punch you if you try to take me to the cancer hospital your friend works at that's the best cancer hospital in the world and then we're gonna both shave our heads because i'm getting chemo but it turns out it was a false diagnosis actually what's but i i have a heart attack and then when i'm dying i have a dream about when i met your mom and you have the same dream and uh, our mom who like died tragically in a thing that i never talk about uh says forgive yourself and then i die and then i'm back to life <laughs> and then you get into a car accident that's I like mean, I, that's like every episode it's like the most manipulative fucking thing i've ever seen i do have the same sickness as you guys too because like i watched every episode of wandavision oh, which was no. like why did I like when it ended i was like this really sucks and i that really sucked and then it was like but like, was it ever not going to suck? Like, was there ever a world where it wasn't going to suck shit? You know, and and like I line up for the next thing, the 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 Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm going to watch that fucking thing. I feel like I have to. I well, feel that, like yeah. it's duty. Well, yeah, no, that that is that is something that we hit on a lot is that the amount of shows and saturation and just like how it just presented to you. And it, it, we have this in lieu of like any real cultural event. 
And so it's just like you have this work of watching all this fucking bullshit. And you don't like any of it. No. (laughs) And our and our big our we have several big theses in in our series uh for our stitcher series but i think one of our one that i hadn't contemplated before was that the buy-in like the support for this era of media is actually very hollow that like if you like there are diehards for a lot of shows but i think for like most of the audience of this is us if they took it away there would be like Fedayeen who are still like fighting forever, probably for it. But I would say over ha- at least 51% of the audience, probably more, just wouldn't notice. Yeah. It would be like when you take like a puzzle away from a monkey who's lived in captivity his entire life. When you yeah. cancel a radio show or like fire a local news anchor, it's kind yeah. of the same thing. <laughs> because I just, I can't believe, like it's most people... It's just either the thing you're supposed to do or the like just the fucking the thing that's right in front of you after your body gives out after you've been working like 15 hours a fucking day. Because this is all of this is so offensive to like any human sense of what's entertaining or like good in any way. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, I don't know. Do y'all have like shows that like you have like a go-to like oh, I'm feeling depressed. I'm just gonna watch this show for the seventeen thousandth fucking time or anything like that. When I'm in a like when I'm in a bad mood, I mean I've watched Sopranos so many times that it just like I can have whatever level of engagement I want with it. Right. Yeah. But I mean, if I'm watching something where I'm like feel bad and want to feel worse, uh, <laughs> there are a few episodes of Sopranos that like I'll watch Deadwood. Definitely. Good one, yeah. yeah. But if I'm not trying to feel worse, um, I'll actually just watch fucking 30 Rock. Yeah, I, I like to watch sitcoms that I that I that I enjoy, like 30 Rock or or uh or it's always sunny. Those I have great ones. on the sitcom note, I have one request that at some point during the duration of the show, I want you all to do wings. I could. Oh man, I watched so much Wings, dude. I I might have seen every episode of Wings. I don't really remember it <laughs> like the way I watched. It. Like I remember every episode of The Simpsons because obviously every episode of The Simpsons I saw as a kid I saw fifty times on syndication. All right. But I probably saw every episode of Wings. I remember plot points and scenes and jokes from Wings to this day. Wings, I think Wings was underrated in the whole, like, I mean, I, I tweeted something out about it being right up there with Seinfeld, which is a little bit hyperbolic, <laughs> but I think it was pretty underrated as far as the 90s sitcoms go, especially for a show that ran for like eight years, but was, was never really forever. considered like a hit show. You know what I mean? It, it was on forever. And uh, yeah, just the premise of like, it's, it's like Cheers, but in a airport. Yeah, it exists in the same universe, right? As Cheers yeah. and Frasier, too. Yes, I think so. Yeah, they had crossovers. Yeah. 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 I had no idea. Because I just read about the big Saturday event between the Golden Girls, Empty Nest, and some show called uh, uh, Sisters or Nurses. Oh, Nurses. I remember Nurses. Yeah. That, yeah. All those shows <laughs> took place in like the same retirement community in, yeah. in Florida. 
I got like really into reading about this night where they did a hurricane storyline that fed through all of those shows. And it sort of reminded me how much time I spent watching Empty Nest while I was growing up. Oh, yeah. Richard Mulligan, baby. I always got like like Mama's family and Empty Nest kind of mixed up the same way you would like uh, Gary Busey and Nick Nolte. Yeah. Something like that. I actually still remember to this day a line from Empty Nest that I saw probably when I was like seven or eight that just like stuck in my head. And it's not even a joke. Uh, it's just like a bit of wisdom that kind of like I, I that broke open my brain and, and, and kind of I've been stalked by ever since. It's, it's Richard Mulligan, who was I played a doctor. Uh, uh, who's talking to uh, his nurse, played by Marsha Warfield from Night Court, another show I watched every episode. I love Night Court. And, and I love I loved Night Court. And, she's, and I don't remember even the context of the scene, uh, but it's something about uh, a medical treatment uh, that some, that's like somebody who's terminally ill could get that could like uh, help them a little bit. And she says, Sure, but it's just postponing the inevitable. And he says, "Isn't that what we're? Isn't that all that we're doing? Postponing the inevitable?" And then just <laughs> as a kid, I was just like, "God damn, that's real shit. I'm gonna there die is. someday. Fuck that." This thanks, like, empty nest. This <laughs> this is like the origins of my health anxiety, dude. It's like uh, being sick and watching House MD, and then you just imagine your organs and animated shutdown, and it causes you to get worse. Like. Shows are very bad if you have certain neuroses. You got. I could them. never. I could never get into house. No, no, I don't like medical shows. I tried. That's what I'm saying. I, I hate medical shows. I just I started the Nick a couple weeks ago, and I was like, oh, I'm finding that I'm I'm thinking about my insides too much. I don't know if I can watch this. <laughs> I don't yeah. even. I'm not even like a hypochondriac. I just like with house. I was like, someone should go to the hospital and shoot this guy. I don't care how. Okay. Yeah, he might how, be an asshole, but he gets results. Okay, that, that's the thing. I don't care how good of a doctor he is. He's like, it should be. It should be about John Wick killing the rudest doctor in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like that. Just annoying. It was like such a fucking annoying show to me. Where it would be like, he's so good at being a doctor, but he's such an asshole because he's such a good person. And it's like this sucks <laughs> it, it definitely sucks. It, i mean obviously it's always overplayed to talk about the uh cultural influence of these shows like that's you make that up to justify your emotional involvement in them but i do think that house has had a probably had a bad impact on a lot of doctors by telling them yeah you can be a complete prick as long as you're fucking good at your job you know <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But and it, I am a hypochondriac, and that show I've I watched a good amount of it, and it never uh, it never freaked me out because all the shit that they had was always so insane that I was like, okay, I don't have this. Yeah, it's yeah. like weird tick-borne encephalitis. And yeah, shit like yeah, that. Like, I, I don't, yeah. It's like, oh, this person uh, he caught a uh, a prehistoric uh, <laughs> like form of syphilis from interacting with dinosaur bones at a at a museum. Okay, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I like the format of, like, you know, thing of the week or whatever. But just, like, 
yeah, the character sucks so much. I would argue that character had a worse influence on people than Grand Theft Auto. So mm. many like just like middle intelligence people saw that character and was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be like that." Yeah, that's just the rest of their life. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, mean, I no. think that's why Always Sunny is so good because like those those guys are are dipshits and like nobody's kind of trying to be them. And yeah. something like House is like it'll influence the way somebody treats you for the rest of your life. It's like, no, I'm a fucking charming guy. I'm just I'm an asshole all the time, but I'm a charming guy. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, it... what do you, what do you think like cuz you just said Felix that you like the thing of the week show and like I feel like I have been conditioned over the last several years that like I can't watch another episode if I don't feel like it's tied into the last episode like I I am like I think I've been propagandized to believe that everything has to be totally serialized and has to be like a, a, a season long arc story I mean, I do like that. Like, some of my favorite shows are definitely, like, yeah, season arcs and everything and more connected overall series arcs. But, like, I I don't know. Like, I guess it's for different types of shows. But, like, Thing of the Week is my favorite thing to watch where you just don't think about it. You're just not thinking that much. Like, it's you're so consumed by whatever the thing is, why the thing is this way why it's perplexing how it can be solved that like it's just a completely mind occupying space whereas with like a series arc like you know deadwood or sopranos uh you know two of my favorites not like my two absolute favorites are you know you're sort of actively involved and deciphering the de deciphering the entire arc as you go but i guess it, just, it boils down to like what level of involvement do I want to have with this? And for now, for me, it's like not that much. Yeah, for sure. I do want to tell you though, uh, because you brought this up earlier in the show, Felix, I, I am still listening to Howard Stern, uh, uh, like every episode over the year. Right. And, uh, last week he, uh, he, he had Ronnie, his limo driver, come on and talk about the top five, hottest women on television shows and every single one of them was from like a cbs show called fbi <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing we're talking about shows and what we've mostly not talked about because of our demographic is the fact that the shows that people actually watch are all police procedurals on yeah. network television there's like six NCIS shows about Navy crime. There are multiple shows about yeah, yeah, yeah. specifically about Navy crime. Jag. <laughs> there are and then there's and then there's just a show called FBI. And these yeah. shows are watched by millions of people, way more than any of these boutique streaming shows or or cable ones are. Yeah, and there's we we did Law and Order because it's sort of like the. I mean, the cop shows obviously existed before, but in this modern form, I feel like it all comes from Law and Order. Yeah. And it is like, it is a, like how popular those are, are insane. And yeah, I don't think people have begun to grasp it. Like, you you know, our favorite guy, Shamar Moore, right? <laughs> yeah. Shamar's in like 12 of those. Yeah, exactly. 
Like that's why that's why like when he posts those videos, like all those like yeah, fifty year old women are like you're the sexiest man in the world. <laughs> like I love you. It's because yeah, it's like that's the biggest audience really, or like people who like yeah, no, they just want to watch a procedural about the FBI. There yeah. is a there's a goth lady on NCIS <laughs> who most people who are listening to this probably couldn't wouldn't even notice if they walked past them or just think they were headed to a hot topic or something who, if she ran for like governor would win in every state in this country because <laughs> <Yes>. everybody's <laughs> mom and dad know her and love her from being on NCIS for fucking 10 years now. The two people that are guaranteed to win elections in America, it's not veterans. I would actually, I'm doing some math on this, and I think actually being in the Air Force makes you less likely to win an election than if you killed, like, you directly, like, were convicted of murder, you know? Um, yeah, it's viewed as soft. Yeah, it just, no one, no one's electing. Democrats love finding someone who's like, I flew some piece of shit plane that broke over a country where no one has electricity. Uh, I may have dropped, I actually don't know if I killed anyone or not. I'm running to replace this senator that's been here for 50 years, <laughs> lose by like 30 points. <laughs> they just love that. But the two, if you actually want to win, one, like any college or pro sports coach or athlete could w- would win. That's what we have instead of war heroes. And then, yeah, someone from a network police show. Yeah, <laughs> somebody from FBI Most Wanted. Yeah, or like, <laughs> or Fred, like uh, Fred Thompson tried a little too early. Like now, no, yeah, that was too early. Yeah, now, yeah, that now was if back- he was still alive. Yeah, he would, he would, he would got through the primary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's like that has replaced everything in America. Yeah, it's it's incredible that when you look at the the list of series on CBS. And it, you just, you don't even know any SEAL team, SWAT, Salvation. You just uh, know that, that LL Salvation? Cool J and Shamar Moore are going to be in 60% of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think for certain. Shamar, uh, Shamar Moore, like he's, I found out about shows because of just like him. I found out about all of it through Shamar Moore. I didn't know him or any of these things before him. Oh, uh, uh, Salvation is a show about an asteroid that will impact Earth in just six months. Um, (laughs) And it highlights the attempts to prevent it and its worldwide ramifications. This is a CBS show, I believe. Okay, so I've got some questions about the longevity of this because, like, this is not Netflix. They try to make these things franchises. So I how how are they going to divvy this up? At some point, the asteroid has to either hit hit earth or be destroyed or diverted at that point what do you do if you're still like a popular show does it it's the next season it's like uh yeah another asteroid's coming (laughs) that's true (laughs) you would would have to do uh salvation mars or like salvation just like on a different planet (laughs) what about like oh it's a volcano this time it's gonna erupt the super volcano is gonna erupt I got that too. Like due to my showbiz genetics, I instantly awakened an anxiety in how long you can have that show. But I realized like they're just going to do something right where they blow up the asteroid, but then they like they have to prevent all the smaller pieces of the asteroid from coming to Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. how you franchise it. It's like, 
oh, we're in charge of like the meteorite that's coming to hit LA. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, Salvation LA. Oh, we're the, we're the ones in Miami. Yeah, I, they they do love to move. They do love to have a like a city specific episode. I mean, Chicago has like a whole universe. They have like a Chicago extended universe. Oh yeah, there's uh, Chicago NBC. Fire, uh, mm-hmm. Chicago Police, Chicago Chi- Mad. Yep. Chicago, Chicago Garbage. That'd be pretty good. Chicago Hope. <laughs> there should be. It's so fucked up. There, like they should do like yeah, Chicago Alderman. <laughs> that would be great. Just like yeah. getting bags of money in a Burger King parking lot. Yeah. How to like figuring out how to launch how like this guy's been the same like head of a one-man law firm in like some shitty Irish neighborhood for like 40 years, and he has to explain like 17 million dollars income. <laughs> it's like I found it. <laughs> guys have done that in Chicago. That's the funniest shit. They've found guys with like yeah, tens if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they'll be like, "I found it somewhere." Yeah, <laughs> fucking awesome. And, and you know, Blue Bloods has been on for eleven seasons, which is un unfucking believable to me because I've never even seen a second of it. I I wouldn't know where to find it, but uh, it, it's such a popular show. I know Mark yeah. Wahlberg's in it. Or not Mark Wahlberg, Donnie Wahlberg's in it. So. Started to say, <laughs> <laughs> Mark's not doing TV yet. Was that was that Twilight Zone reboot with Jordan Peele any good? That's a series. I, I, I heard it was CBS, bad. Right? Yeah, I heard, I it, heard was it was too. Bad. It was on. It's on All Access. I'm not. No, I'm not fucking. I'm not paying to stream the runoff from one of the networks. It's just not I'm, happening. I'm paying for it, Matt. Uh, I have CBS All Access <laughs> because I have a teenage daughter and somehow they're all into Criminal Minds. Like uh, uh, she watched every episode of Criminal Minds. So I had to pay for All Access so she could get a hold of it. She's the, the only season. person under 60 who watches that show. No, not true. Not, not true. This is shocking. Every time I post about Shamar Moore, tons of my reply, like they're like, oh, that's oh look at what grumfeld from you know (laughs) criminal minds apparently up to yeah it it was a tiktok trend a bunch of people on tiktok and and influencers and youtubers really like criminal minds and uh it's like a huge thing with teenagers now which i i like i said i couldn't believe it like i I actually kind of get that because you know true crime obviously has become this huge genre for young women and uh, Criminal Lines is basically a true crime show uh, yeah. dramatized. And it's, I, I remember when it first came out that it was notable for how uh, particularly kind of gruesome and lurid the crimes were in it compared to other procedurals like that. So that's just, if you're addicted to true crime, that's going to be the closest thing you can get in uh, a scripted series. Yeah, no, that it, it makes sense. Um... And it, I think it's sort of like a generational divide because like true crime, I feel like is for like now women who are like in their late twenties or early thirties, that subset of millennials. But I don't know. I think of, I think about to when I was a kid and like, there were like just tons of like, it wasn't gender exclusive. Like people who were just really into fucking saw. Yeah. Like, that was their thing was that they loved saw. And I think there's just like, a sociopathy that lessens with age probably but it's at its height when you're like 15 
Do you know yeah. that there was a, I don't know how many they had or how many people went on it, but do you know that there's a Saw cruise? Oh, yeah. There was a cruise you could go on uh, for fans of the Saw franchise, and it was essentially a floating uh, fan convention, and it had different people from the series that you could meet and get their uh, picture taken with, and uh, different uh panels about like if jigsaw could defeat the joker or whatever <laughs> that sounds awesome will you all I, please go to one of those it's sort of like a special thing it like is some kind of con i i would i don't know if i'd go on the saw cruise because it's like the moment you brought that up i just instantly felt so fucking bad for the actors it's like fuck <laughs> like you're talking to your mom and it's like yeah no i was in a movie that made you know 30 billion dollars <laughs> because it's like yeah, and now i'm yeah. trapped at sea with a bunch of people in slipknot uh hoodies yeah. trying to talk to me <laughs> about like how cool it was when my head got crushed in a vice like think about it. <laughs> yeah. if they were in any other movie it's like oh my god like world's your oyster you're fucking set but because it's like fucking saw it's like, no, a few years after the movie, I have to, like, be stranded. I have to go into eternity at the Bermuda Triangle with, like, some fucking dumbass from, like, White Bear Lake, Minnesota. Like, well, do, do you think Jigsaw could outsmart Batman? <laughs> like, it's fucking, that sucks, man. I feel so, because I've known every fucking dumbass that was just obsessed with saw and they were it was just all like they were all my friends who like said the dumbest shit i've ever heard in my life it's the one commonality but yeah no i think i think that just really gruesome shit is popular with like kids yeah yeah covid took away that new saw movie with chris rock that was coming out i, I was kind of thinking i was gonna see that yeah there was there's a saw prequel that has chris rock in it i believe uh, that was supposed to come out why for, uh, I, I, it's amazing they like he he had his chance to be uh an actor when he was huge but everyone realized oh he suck you're not good at this you're not eddie murphy you know you're not good at acting you don't have charisma on camera the way he does and then he went away for a while, like, okay, fair enough, bye. And now he's back acting again. I, I, I saw him in Fargo season four, getting back to TV, and he was absolutely terrible. Yes, that was yeah. not very good. I, I did not, like, I didn't make it all the way through the season. And it was like the worst indictment. The only other show I can think of where this happened with me was The Man in the High Castle was I watched every single episode except for the last one, and I was like, you know what? I don't need to see it. I did that with Game of Thrones. I only watched the <laughs> final episode for the episode that we did, but it's like, yeah, no, that the last season sucked so much. I was just like, I don't care. I There's shit. There is really something, it really says something when you watch 11 episodes of a 12 episode season and then just decide like, nah, I don't, I don't fucking really need this. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And I watched that show from the beginning. Like I, my life changed so much. So many things like happened. I, I, I like, you know, just in the entire run of the series, like just an incredible amount of life passed. And I always watched it. 
And for the vast majority, I always looked forward to it. Like no matter what else was going on in my life, like good or bad. And then, yeah, I get to the very end and I'm like, who gives a shit? Like you have to fuck up so bad. <laughs> Think about how much dog shit I watch. And I was like, I, I could literally do anything else. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking about the man in the high castle was like I watched all the episodes of the first season. I got to the last episode and I was like, uh, uh, I would rather watch one of the bad movies that I just sit. And, yeah, and I'd rather watch Transmorphers than this. <laughs> that might be a good way to put a to kind of put a bow on it here. Like let's dismantle the sacred cows real quick. Like what's like the show that you think everybody, or it's, or maybe it's not even that everybody loves, but it's widely considered a masterpiece that you think is dog shit. And the wire. Yeah, the wire did not age well. <laughs> the wire fucking sucks. It's like, it's actually quite a bad show. And during like the further I get away from it, the more I'm like, because during our episode, I was like, this is a, it is a better than average show, but it still fucking sucks. It, it's like everything that people think is cool about it is terrible. Everything. Yeah, I, it, I remember liking it a lot when I saw it, but me too. It, it does not hold up. I That's went, incredible. I went back to it, and it was funny. Like those, those sort of like early aughts HBO shows. Or like the only prestige shows that had product placement too, and then like Sopranos had a little bit of that. But like, do you remember the Verizon product placement in like Wire season three? I think it was or something like that. Jesus, I I uh, I love the Wire. Like the Wire might be one of my favorite things, but I haven't watched it since two thousand four. So like, uh, uh, and you know, I was kind of delirious. I, I like watched that whole series right when my kid was born and I couldn't do anything else. And I just thought it was like this really incredible thing. But now I kind of want, am curious to watch it again and see if it actually is not good. It won't be. No, like that's the thing. Anyone who disagrees with me, like I caught a lot of flack for saying it recently, but anyone who disagrees with me, it's like, no, you haven't watched it in five years. Like try yeah, you doing just that. feel good. Yeah, yeah. And the more it wasn't even the politics of it that made me fucking hate it. Like, I don't really require like any particular like politics to anything I watch, but it, it like made it shittier because the narrative wasn't even good. Like, it, it just the writing is like actually very hackneyed. And it's not just because it, like David Chase is annoying or not David Chase, uh, it's David Simon. Simon. <laughs> But yeah, but it's that is like the thing that is age the absolute worst. I've gone back and watched like everything else, and it's like nothing's really changed. I actually maybe don't like Brotherhood quite as much, but still think it's very good. But The Wire, no, I have a lot of trouble with. Yeah, I, I thought I thought Treme, the short-lived Treme, was way better than The Wire. Like just in terms of like. You know, like what, like what was out there of it versus that, and then I don't know. They just canceled it. David Simon's like, he's just gonna like, like write cringe for the rest of his life, which is like honestly good. I I want to do that. Yeah, he's just gonna be post. He's just gonna be talking about twat waffles on online for forever. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That shit's fucking I actually love that. I love like I do there is a type of like you know fucking stupid like based liberal that I miss that doesn't exist. You know who's one of those guys that fucking dumbass who uh was like I was the chief prosecutor at Guantanamo Bay. We have to kill everyone from January 6th. And it's, <laughs> hold on, you were the what were you? That guy, that guy was uh, that guy was like an early like late Bush, early Obama era like epic liberal guy who's like you know John Boehner couldn't do a push up in the fucking military. <laughs> Fuck him up. Like Peter, I, like, like I always think about like Peter Fonda, like a day before he died was like, what if somebody abducted Baron? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's like, I love that. That type of guy is so fucking funny to me. Brian, I always think about those guys you posted like, it's like seven years ago, the horned up lives. Oh God. <laughs> I, I fear maybe lost forever now, but it's- no, it's out. It might, that account got re the accounts oh. back. Thank I just God. can't get into it. Thank so God. I'll have to find these are some horned up libs because it is disgusting. I'm going to be probably retweeting it every day for like a month. But for <laughs> people that don't know, can you describe what it is? It's just t- it, so some it was on a liberal Facebook page and it was people, uh, uh, two guys talking about Sarah Palin and just using some really like gross like saying like oh i'd like to you know uh show her my polls or something like that. <laughs> i can't remember what it was i'm gonna fuck the crazy out of her yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> the, yeah i think one of them said she's due for a good grilling <laughs> my yeah i'm i fucking miss guys like that they're really like that is sort of biden's base i guess but they just like don't have the presence on Twitter as they did on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, they got away. Um, I would say that the show that people seem to like that uh, I didn't love was The Americans. Like that was the one where I was. That was the one where I kind of decided like, not all prestige TV is good. Yeah. Because That's, I just like kind of fell off. I I was able to like kind of fall off on a show that like did have like a, a a big arc and and people really loved it and and tried to convince you that it, they were the, you know it was it's the best show on TV that you're not watching and it's like uh, I tried I really tried hard. I tried to get into it too. I couldn't. I yeah, me too. I watched like the first. I don't even know if I watched the whole first season. I was just. I, they're just gonna keep looking at each other no thank you yeah i like i thought it was like cool and like i enjoyed that of it that i did watch but it was just like yeah it just didn't hook me yeah and 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 i would i will say this and and like i i sent will this actually but there is a show on hbo max called years and years oh i watched that <laughs> oh man it's, i was like that is the best that would be the best Chapo like episode because it is an insane that show. show is wild yeah it's this like british family it's 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 an attempt to do like a sweeping social history uh by by going like years into the future with this middle class british family and their ups and downs and how they're reflecting like 19th century social like like a fucking uh 
like a Dreiser novel or something, or like a, like Zola, but it's uh, just absolutely idiotic. And it's it actually ends with one of the, it's so lib-brained. Like there's an evil, uh, Emma Thompson plays like an evil uh, sort of uh, uh, like proto-fascist leader who, who takes this third party movement that, that like takes over British politics and they start locking up migrants in cages. But then the, the, the brave family like records them doing it and then she goes to jail and then it ends with like the terminally ill, uh, like crusading conscience of the family who has cancer, getting her brain uploaded into the cloud <laughs> so that she can live what forever the as in, on the internet. Oh, I, there's man, a scene, there is a, a scene in the first episode where uh this family's kid is is like they're like i think she's having troubles you know i i i think i think she's trans we should talk to her and she's like they're like honey are you trans and she's like yeah so then they start saying like we'll love you no matter if you're our or our son or our daughter or or them uh we'll love you no matter what she's like actually i'm transhuman yeah and she wants uh, to get like computers <laughs> surgically implanted into her body yeah, and that's her coming out as trans. Oh man. oh man, it's powerful. It's fucking such a bad. It's so bad. It is. It is uh, addictive. It's only six episodes, and I watched them in two days. And through the whole thing, was just sitting there going like, "Wow, this really sucks." <laughs> what caused you guys to watch this? It's I'm, just, I'm always a sucker. For me, it was like, it was because the premise of like, ooh, it's the future. I always want to know what idiots think the future is going to be like. Yeah. And not like the, the sci-fi future, but like the near future. Because that's the thing. It's, it starts like in the near future and then it goes like 30 years into the future. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like when you look at the description on HBO... Uh, it's really, it's just like a British family goes through ups and downs. Yeah. But, oh. uh, uh, <laughs> and it also features uh, President Trump nuking a Chinese island. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's, it's President Trump, like, after he's won re-election. Yeah. And uh, uh, I think they assumed he was going to stay the president, you know, or, or be president even further into the future. <laughs> Uh, Cause they said at one point that like, he's not president anymore, but he's still in charge. Like they say about Putin. And uh, uh, so it is, it's, it's great. When I looked it up, the reason I watch this, cause when I looked it up, it was like, uh, it was like everybody described it as like this brilliant, like social commentary and a cautionary tale for what our future could look like. And then when Trump nukes that Island at the end of the first episode, it's just like, <laughs> this is fucking shit. Man. <laughs> but you, you would, you would absolutely any, anyone that's listening to this show would absolutely have a fucking hell of a time watching it. It is very funny. Yeah. It's wild. It's a wild, it's it's a wild program. I, I recommend it. Tom, do you have like? Sorry, sorry. You do you like? Besides, like besides the Americans, is there like any other show that you think is like far shittier than its critical here's, level? Of here's I can't prove this. Okay, 
and I could, this could be a big whiff on my part. I'm going to revisit it, but I think it's, there's at least a non-zero chance that Breaking Bad sucks. Oh, nope. <laughs> Am I off? You I think can't. I'm way off? I don't think I, it's, I, I recently rewatched it and I don't think it sucks. I think it like definitely gets worse as time goes on. That, that's what I say. Yeah. It sucks. It's a little, no, a little I harsh. Abs- I absolutely, I do agree with that. I think that as the show got more popular, it got overly aware of its audience. Yeah. And it started, it started sort of pandering. Like it sort of did the opposite of what the Sopranos did when it got popular. Or I mean, obviously the Sopranos started very popular, but as like David Chase became aware of like the culture around the show, he sort of consciously made the show and the characters more unappealing to, to like confront the audience with like what, what they think they like about it. Whereas Breaking Bad sort of did the opposite thing where they just said, Hey, you guys like these cool guys being cool. Well, what if they were even cooler? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's Yeah. I mean, and that's like, that's another reason why, you know, we believe TV is uniquely limited as an art form is the amount of audience participation. Absolutely. It, it would be hard if you were a writer not to kind of be like, yeah. oh, like, like any this? show that's, that's like that's the time element of uh, the, the temporal element of television is the thing, as I said, that's what limits it mm-hmm. because you need to, if you, it's it's it the shape of the story is not determined by any creative force it's great it's it's audience response and like the market and, no. and, and if that's the case like it, it you are undermining like the the creative uh raison d'etre for the show to even exist and replacing it over time with just pandering and and uh and profit seeking and that's the thing the one group of people that's always going to have the worst suggestions for anything in entertainment are the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, oh, yeah, they universally shit. have the worst ideas. Idiots. Yes. Out of any input you get. Yeah. Always, yeah. always the audience has the shittiest ideas. It's just always based on what you've already, what, what has already been done. In yeah. The ser- you know what I mean? Like, like with Breaking Bad, it's like, hey, these guys are doing something totally different. And then they were like, what if, uh, uh, you know, the fans started having these theories and I, it, they formed the show around these theories and still kind of surprised you at times. That That's why I liked it. But like, uh, you're, you're absolutely right that like uh, uh, the show could have been something totally different if they weren't responding to the heat online especially down there for that last season and yeah. the last episode specifically yeah yeah you could really see where they they just lost their nerve and Vince Gilligan basically admitted that he admitted that like the expectations the audience commitment was too much and the fear of of getting everyone to be mad at them was too much you don't what? want literally everyone to say that you're an asshole for for fucking up their uh their expectations of of what they, they they think that you are are owing them? Didn't didn't Breaking Bad almost get canceled like after its first season? Yeah, I I, think I, I wouldn't be surprised. Time. I mean, it wasn't that it, it took a few seasons for it to blow up. Yeah, that's but what I, I remember. I remember it like it was just all of a sudden the biggest shit on TV. Like, but it was had it was like well into its run by the time it really took off. 
it was very early on when Netflix switched to basically just streaming. It was very early, one of the shows on there. And then that's what got people into it. being able to binge those first three seasons is what ended up getting people into. Yeah, it. that's but, true. Yeah. When it was on Netflix. But yeah, one of the things about that show is like that episode before the last is uh, is pretty brutal and like could have been the last episode yeah. of the season, you know, but then, and but, yeah, but they couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. You couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah. I mean, I would be scared too. That that's, what's interesting about better call Saul too, is they're rolling into the last season and it's like, is he going to have the guts not to put Brian Cranston in it? <laughs> Wait a minute. So they're going into, so there's only, there's going to be five seasons, right? Yeah. I so believe be the so, fifth yes. season. I, I so believe he so, is. Yeah. So he is not Saul for, of the majority of the show. No. That's no, fucking not. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Better Call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> it was frustrating to me too. I, I did want him to be a little less Jimmy McGill and a little more, you know, Saul. But Gilles. that's the thing. It's like, it has to have an arc. He has to become Saul. Why? Why yeah. does he have to become Saul? Why can't he just be a guy who's fun to watch on television? Why can't I mean, he be you, a cool character that we like? Also, he's told already that story. the guy. He's already the guy. It's like you just have to keep pulling and pushing him up and down. <laughs> but he's the same guy. It's all fake uh, character development. Yeah, it's the same story as Breaking Bad, too. It's like a guy that's decent that keeps getting yeah. more bad. Yeah, as it that's goes the thing. It's the same fucking character arc. It's like how in Solo, the character arc of Han Solo is he goes from like being a, a carefree cynic uh, who doesn't uh, want to sign on for any causes to fighting for the rebellion. That's what happens <laughs> in fucking Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Fellas, I think before we uh, start uh, picking apart the finer points of the Mandalorian, <laughs> perhaps we should uh, call it there. Thank you guys so much for doing this. This is fucking awesome. I'd like uh, any chance I can just to kind of, uh, you know, chill in the cut and talk about Kurt Sutter. So. Absolutely. Yeah, so much. Pleasure this is ours. a good time. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Very fun. I had a good time here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, check these guys out. Their new endeavor. Time for my stories. I'm going to go dig into uh, the Gunsmoke episode tomorrow. Y'all started with the two biggest shows in Eastern Kentucky history. So, <laughs> Gunsmoke actually fucking rocked. That was like one of my favorite shows we did that I'd never seen before. Can, can I ask what y'all got? Have y'all got anything teed up that you care to share or, or would you rather just let it? Oh, yeah. No, we, we do have like, we do, we're releasing a free episode this week. We're releasing Gossip Girl, like, probably sometime like tomorrow or the day after. <laughs> Gossip Girl we'll, is a we'll guilty see. pleasure. <laughs> I, that show rocked. <laughs> yeah, I love Gossip But you will, everyone will hear my theory about Gossip Girl. I'm, I'll be on pins and needles, so... <laughs> Uh, anyway, thanks, fellas. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Pleasure. Let's do it again sometime. And, Absolutely. Uh, Y'all out there listening, if you like what you heard, go to Patreon, p a t r e o n dot com slash Trillbilly Workers Party for five dollars a month. We'll just where, where, where do we get that idea, boys? 
Well, I I I, I think I like we the... took it from Mark Ames and John <laughs> Dolan, to be honest. I like that you spelled it P. You spelled Patreon for him. That is nice of you. Yeah, yeah. Go and uh, give as uh, God would direct you to, and just know that you'll be blessed for it. And uh, I'm Tom Sexton, and uh, thanks, y'all. Our pleasure.